Did he really say that? No, no, no. But he like hates. Well, I know that, but you know, I don't blame him. Did you see the thing in the New York Times? How the, uh, the New York Times ran an op-ed. The New York Times ran an op-ed from the governor, from the mayor of Gaza City. It was like a Hamas uh, member. It's like saying that the Israelis have destroyed our culture. They. They have that sat- satirical one that they the made up on one Twitter, yeah. on Twitter yeah. that's very fun. And they have the fake Mossad one also. That's yeah, those are funny. Yeah, right. They post updated numbers every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Forty three thousand five forty eight all women and children. Did you see that? Did you guys see the uh, Eretz Neder? What they did? They did in English, which is very funny. Where they yeah. they interviewed like Yahya Senwar. Yeah. That was very fun. Yeah. <laughs> there is a baby. Is there a baby occupying your home? <laughs> okay. So let's um. Let's start. Okay, I don't know. Is this not recording yet, right? I just started. Yeah. Oh, wait, you did? Right now. Oh, but then it heard my Yahya Sinwar thing. We'll trim it out. Okay. All right. So, um, okay, so let's, we're going to start uh, learning the Tfilot. So the, the objective is to, uh, the objective is to understand the, the meaning of the Amidah. I think that was what we set as our goal, but obviously in order to do that, we have to uh, put things in perspective, uh, broader perspective. We want to be able to uh, appreciate what the tefillah is trying to accomplish. We did a little bit of like beor tefillah along the way, just mentioning, uh, you know, the the, the kriyat shema, the bachot of the kriyat shema. And one of the things that is uh, that's important for someone, for everyone, really to develop, in, in my opinion, you know, that I recommend everybody really reflect on. And I think it's something that personally, in my experience, I've evolved in and grown. And I think anybody, if you, if you set your mind to it, you you also will, is to. Uh, gain an appreciation for the structure of the tefillah because aside from you know just uh, practically the mechanics of the tefillah a lot of classes are given on like intro to the siddur that are focused upon um, uh, on translating or just knowing how to follow like oh this is Baruch Shema this is Ishtabach this is called Pesukei de Zimra it's the first part and then you have uh, or you have Berchot HaShachar and then you have you know and then you have Pesukei uh, de Zimra and then you have Berchot Kriyat Shema and so on in other words just getting a sense from a, a purely mechanical uh, standpoint uh, of the structure of the prayers is what most tefillah classes are are focused on but if you look a little bit more deeply you'll notice that the tefillah the Sidur, we could call it, or the Seder Tefillah, is organized in a, uh, in a very, very deliberate way that, you know, uh, sort of uh, riffing off what we talked about, what the Rambam was talking about in Iger Teman that we read last night, you see how it's guiding a person towards a higher understanding of Hashem and a higher awareness of Hashem in a very deliberate and very well thought out way. It's not at all random. And, and what's, what's interesting is that as much we're not obviously we're not uh, uh, approaching it from uh, the perspective of uh, a kabbalistic perspective per se, since um, none of us are, are mikubalim. But you'll notice that the mikubalim have demarcated the sections of the tefillah as relating to different olamot and things like that. And it happens to be that like where they see transitions in the tefillah are very uh, you know really do resonate and really do match 
the transitions in the substance of the tefillah, even for a person who is not necessarily Kabbalistically inclined or, 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 or processing things through a Kabbalistic lens. Um, the, uh, uh, for instance, like Bechot HaShachar, if you look at, uh, I'm just going to, very quickly, I know, I don't want to, I know we want to fo- focus on the Amidah, I'm not going not gonna to do a tangent, but I want to I I, I build a little bit of a framework. Okay? So, the, really, everyone knows the centerpiece of Tefillah is the Amidah. When the Gemara talks about Tefillah, Tefillah Tashachar, it's only talking about the Amidah. It doesn't put, like, we think Sidur is Tefillah. You know, that's, this is Tefillah. But actually, Tefillah is referring to the Amidah only. Whenever it talks about Tefillah, Tefillah Tamusafin, Tefillah Shacharit, Tefillah Mincha, it's only talking about the, the Amidah, what we call the Shemona Yisrael or the Amidah. Um, in the... Uh, so in the uh, in the build up, so everything is, is is orchestrated, is designed as a build up to that, really as a build up to the amida, the, and the amida is the height of kavana. We know that that's where you can never interrupt, and you have to stand ideally, stand still, and uh, and 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 you have to be completely focused. The way the Rambam describes the kavana during the amida is the, is similar to it echoes the way he describes the kavana of the navi who's having nevuah. Like it's a very intense kavana. A person's supposed to have removing all the tirdot, all the distractions, anything that could possibly uh, disturb your focus. It's really supposed to be very intense. But how do you build up to that level of reflection? What is that real re- level of reflection really supposed to be? So if you look at the way that the sidur is organized, that the seder tefillah or the seder hayom of a person in the morning, it starts with berchot shachar. Berchot shachar essentially are scattered points of hoda'at to Hashem. Oh, that I, you know, that I woke up in the morning, that I'm able to use the bathroom, that I'm able to open my eyes, that I'm able to stand up straight, so I'm able to walk, that I was, you know, all of these things are like isolated points of thanksgiving to God, appreciation to God, that we notice, that a person should notice and be aware of as they start their day. That's really what the idea of the Birchot HaShachar, now we know that in the olden days, and even some people today, you know, when they say Birchot HaShachar, as they do the thing, as they do the activity, right? It, and nowadays, most people say it as a list, you know, at a certain point in the, in the tefillah. But the, the idea of Birchot, Birchot HaShachar, is to begin to enter into a reflection on the things that we are grateful for, the, the fact that we are the recipients of Chesed from, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that we are, that he is the source of the bracha and the, and the good things in our life. Now, if you think about that, now you, you, <clears throat> I know most of you like skip the korbanot and everything, but you know, the, the, the korbanot is, is also, is related to that whole idea of the bracha that I receive. And what, what am I, what is the reason for the bracha that I receive? Okay. Meaning that what is a korban really? You're giving something to God. You're not really, he's not, you're not going to use it. He doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't need it. Okay, what is the idea of korbanot? The idea of korbanot is that in sacrificing something, I'm really teaching myself. I'm really instilling in myself, internalizing the idea that all that I have belong, really comes from God and belongs to God and is, and is for the sake of serving God. But we think about that in, the, you know, in a preliminary way in the bachot. And then we move to psukei de zimra. What is psukei de zimra really? It's mostly passages from Tehillim. But there's a Gemara in Masechet Shabbat that says, uh, that says, I'm fortunate because uh, I, should, I should get reward because I, uh, that I, because I'm, uh, I was, I, I was, it's a very famous, he says, 
And the Gemara says, how could you be mikum reha lel b'chol yom? You're not allowed, you know, anybody who says halel b'chol yom, harizeh mecharev megadef. You know, he's not supposed to, you're not supposed to be a gomer halel b'chol yom. And then he says, no, I meant psuket zimra. Okay? So psuket zimra is a kind of halel. What is a halel? What's the difference between a halel and a regular bacha? An individual bacha is acknowledging some indiv- particular thing, particular chesed. But halel is tying it together into a sort of a panorama. It's tying it into a, uh, into a what, is, what are all the telim about? They're about Hashem's, all the different manifestations of Hashem's chesed. You know, bechol yom let's say in, in, in Ashrei. Ashrei is, the, is, is really the, the, the key the key mizmor uh, that we read in Tehillim, but the Rambam says that all of the six of the uh, the last six mizmorim of uh, of, of Tehillim are really the uh, really the ones that are, are are the core, right? So all of these all of these mizmorim are looking at the world in all of the different manifestations of Hashem's Chesed. So it's like you started with your individual experiences of Pukeh and this and this and this, and then you're putting it into the context and the framework of God's Chesed in general. Okay, the general Chasdei Hashem and Rachmei Hashem that are manifest all around us, all the time. Okay, but still you're operating in the framework of being a recipient of Chesed, right? Being the one who's receiving the, the blessing from God. Now that that's the and that's how most people really relate to God first. They relate to God first by recognizing I, I'm dependent on God. I'm a, I'm I'm beholden to God for the the gifts that I receive, and that's that's the, what the Pesukim Zimra is doing. What, that's different than Halel, by the way, because Halel, I don't want to get. I don't think it's really a tangent, but you know, Halel is about the Hashkacha uh, Pratit. Because if you look at if you look at Halel, it's the same concept. That's why it says, "Oh, Halel." And I was Gomer Halel b'chol yom means Psuke de Zimra. What's the connection between Psuke de Zimra and Halel? They're both taking Mizmorim to show general themes in Hashkachat Hashem. But one is Hashkachat Klalit, which is really mainly what the uh, uh, what, what Psuke de Zimra is talking about the regular Hashkachat that we experience and uh, on a daily basis. And Hashkachat Pratit is what the Halel of the Chagim is about. It's, Still spoken of in the most general terms, it, there's not like a special halal for Sukkot where we talk about the miracles of Sukkot and a special halal for Hanukkah. It's it's the we say the same halal on every holiday to show that ultimately all of these are under the same heading of manifestations of Hashem Tashkachapratit for Am Yisrael. Right? That that's the that, that's the Pesukei Zimra, and then you get into the Kriyat Shema, which is Kabbalat Ol Malchut Shemaim. That's the essence of of, of Kriyat Shema, Kabbalat Ol Malchut Shemaim. And as we said yesterday, uh, that require that's seeing Hashem's Chokmah and design in the macrocosm of the Bria, including both the physical and the metaphysical, the Malachim, and also seeing Hashem's wisdom and governance and 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 uh, and guidance in the Torah and the Mitzvot, which is Avat Olam. And Kabbalat al Malchut Shemaim, which is our commitment to study it and to to observe it, and Gaal Yisrael, that we're, it's it is the uh, you know the rejection of the uh, Malchut Adam, which is Gaal Yisrael, right? That we saw from Yitzhak Mitzrayim to, that that all all human empires are really resting on a false premise of the uh, ultimate human power. So. That's Kabbalat Ol Malchut Shemaim. Why is that different than, 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 than the previous part? Because, because giving thanks, I'm still thinking only in terms of my, being a recipient. 
and I'm only thinking in terms of being a recipient, then thank you. Somebody gives you a gift, thank you. They don't expect you to now serve them using the gift that you were given. Right? There's no, there, there's no further step. When we step into the framework of the Kriyat Shema Bachot, now we're thinking about Malchut Shemaim, not even just as it relates to us. We're thinking about the Malchut Shemaim as it is a vehicle of what? Kiddush Shem Shemaim, because that's why Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh is in the Bachot Kriyat Shema. Right? We're looking at the whole creation as a reflection of Yichud Hashem and Malchut Hashem, not separate and apart from us. We're, we're a part of it, but way beyond us, way beyond the framework that directly affects us, way beyond the framework that directly, uh, that we directly benefit from or see the benefit from, whereas Psukit Zimra is still talking about in the realm of our benefit, okay? It would be like studying the ecosystem and seeing how you receive food, right, how, or the food chain, seeing how, you, seeing how you become a recipient of food, versus looking at uh, that ecosystem as actually the result of laws of physics and, and chemistry and biology that are, that are, that span the entire universe, not just, not just the ecosystem, not just to look at the, at the local impact, okay? You can see, again, how that relates to what we talked about yesterday in Avodah Zarah, because Avodah Zarah is where you'd never move beyond the realm of what benefits me. You don't, the, whereas when you, when you transition from Sukkot Zimrat to Kabbalat Olam Al-Khut you're saying there's something beyond an ob- objective reality that is not reducible to what I need and, and, and what I want to gain or what I stand to benefit from, right? It transcends that. That's the, that's the break from Avodah Zarah sort of mentality to a Yichud Hashem mentality and that's why it's the Shema is in there, okay? So all of this is leading up obviously to the Amidah. The Amidah being the... Now the Kriyat Shema is actually a separate mitzvah but, uh, but the, uh, the Amidah is, um, is the essence of tefillah. Now, what is really the, what is the Amidah, what is the tefillah, what is the Amidah about? Let's see. The Rambam says in Sefer Mitzvot, he, um, I remember he has a language here that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, toward the beginning, I think it's, oh, here. He says, the mitzvah, of the fifth mitzvah is leovdo to serve God. Okay, There are many times that it appears in the Torah. Even though this is like a general idea of serving God is like a generic concept, but there's a yichud, which is interesting. He says there's a specific manifestation of it. Really. You say, oh, I serve God is like, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, that, uh, like we read of Yonah, you know, that, the, uh, um, that he's the servant of God, or I, I fear God, I serve God. That's a generality, but there's a specific example, which is tefillah. And, and he says, as the Sifri says, ul ovdo zot tefillah. So what we say every day, la'avat Hashem Eloheichem, ul ovdo, b'chol levavchem, b'chol nafshechem, ezoi tefillah, avodah shibalev, that's tefillah. So, um, and, and he says, Ubemishnato, he says, Uminai lekar tfila betocha mitzvot meacha, et Hashem aloecha tira vaotota avod. Veamru, and they said in the Midrash, Avdeu betorato, Avdeu bemikdesho. Serve God in his Torah and serve God in his, in his Mikdash. Klomar, lalechet sham let palelbo. He says, it's not talking about the Gorbanot, it's talking about the tfila. That's the avodah. Now the question is, 
that sort of challenges our idea of what an avodah would be. Because normally we think avodah is an action that a person does. What kind of avodah is standing still and reading brachot? We can see why a korban looks like an avodah. It's got a lot of, it's a whole process and it requires physical effort. You know? But why is that an avodah? Mm-hmm. What is I don't that? know how this plays out historically, but to me it's stuck, it stuck with me from like a, like a very random thing. I remember um, Rabbi, Rabbi Jack came and gave a, gave a speech last time I believe, at Benji's house, and at the end he's like, thank you so much for your attention, and he really meant it, it was very sincere, he said thank you so much for your attention, because I know that that's the hardest thing right now to, to give is, is your attention. I think that for Ami, in, in order for Ami not to be an Avodah, it's really the fact that you're turning your attention. It, we call it Avodah Shabbat because you're, you're turning your attention, ideally giving it undivided to Hashem. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that always was as big a deal as it is today. So I'm not sure if it, it really matters, but uh, I think the fact that you're turning your attention in the Amidah, that's the Avodah. It's mm-hmm. giving your undivided attention. It seems like it is because even in the Ramam time, it was talking about how they couldn't have the requisite Amidah. Um, uh, yeah. For the entire like, just the first bracha. Right. Even though he says you shouldn't do that. Like in the morning of Bukhim, he says, uh, don't just have Kavanah during the first bracha. Don't do the minimum, you know? Yeah, but, he, right. but the point is that you... Right, that's an issue. Right, that's, that's, it's hard for people to, to focus. He, there's, an, there's another place where he uses the word avodah unusually, which is in the case of, of Sukkot, where he says that, uh, the, uh, that Simcha on the Chagim is a great avodah. You know, it's like, uh, what do you mean? It's the opposite. You know, a person wants to be happy. It's not work. Nobody says, oh, that's hard work to be happy. But in a way, to whenever you're subordinating yourself to a higher power, that's a type of avodah. How do we translate right? avodah? The word eved means somebody whose identity is an instrument to some superior. That's what an eved is, right? An eved means my whole identity is that I serve a higher power. So when I say I'm an Evet Hashem, that means I don't have an identity separate from that. So That's Evet. Like when it says Moshe's Evet Hashem, why is only Moshe called Evet Hashem or David Melech or certain unique individuals are called Evet Hashem? Not everybody gets that, that title of Evet Hashem. Evet Hashem means because a worker, you could be a, a worker, but an ev, a worker means I retain my own independent agenda and identity that, I, 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 that I'm seeking my own my own objectives, and I also uh, work for this superior because uh, I'm dependent on him in some capacity for my income or protection or whatever. Okay, that's a, that's a worker. Eved means my whole, the totality of my identity is subordinate to the will of this superior being. There's very few people who could say that. Their whole, they don't have anything but that. It's pure. That's abdus, right? So what is la avodet Hashem? Is to internalize a mentality, like you're saying, it's avodah shebalev. It happens in the heart. What is a real? What is uh, uh, to to transform a person into an eved Hashem? Basically, the ovdo means to serve God. Means to have an attitude, a view of the self that you are a vehicle of fulfilling the will of God. 
That's, that's what real, really being an Ebed Hashem is. That's what the tefillah is supposed to do. Tefillah is supposed to, the Malchut Hashem, in other words, you can see why it connects to Kriyat Shema. The Malchut Hashem is setting up a framework that there's such a thing as Malchut Hashem. But to see yourself as, I am merely an Eved in the Malchut Hashem. Right? I am an instrument of the Malchut Hashem. That's what the, that's what the tefillah is, is. That's why it's Le'ovdo Balev. That's the ultimate Avodah. He says the ultimate Avodah is in Torah, meaning developing your knowledge and understanding of God. And then the Mikdasho, which he's saying means tefillah, means reflecting on yourself because Torah is abstract. Torah is, it, it, are the ideas of, of Torah, the wisdom of Torah. Tefillah is, a, is seeing yourself as an agent and an instrument to realize these ideas. Okay? That's, that's why for Kriyat Shema you can sit down because Kriyat Shema, you're talking about abstract ideas. Yeah, it's Kabbalat Ol Malchut Shema, but it's intellectual. It's an intellectual Kabbalat, Kabbalat Ol Malchut Shema. Right? Uvlech Techavaderech, Uvshoch Bachav Kumecha. You know, it's... It, it, but to, to do tefillah, you're supposed to stand. Obviously not if you're on an airplane and not to block the aisle. I'm talking about, uh, you know, in general. Right? You're supposed to stand because it is, you're standing at attention. This is me. This is applying to me now. This is, this is, this is, lehit palel is what? We all know what the lehit palel means, what pilel means, right? Everybody learns this now. It's become like a common, uh, common perush, but it's really like a true perush, that it's reflexive because it's a, it's a judging of the self, right? Pilel, venatan baplilim, right? That's a, plilim as judges. So lehit palel is a judging of the self, an assessing of the self, evaluating of the self, bringing yourself into line with what you preach. The ideas that you talk about, have they penetrated your lev? Right? Have they really changed your actual attitude and your actual view of yourself and view of your life and the way that you, not just act, but the way you see the world? That's, what the, that's why I think the Rambam connects it to Nivu'ah. When he talks about Kavanan Tfilah, he talks about it as the person is standing before the Shekhinah and there's nothing else, just like when he talks about a Navi's reflection on God. Okay? That moment of a, an encounter with reality and what its implications are for me. Not just a, you can learn, like Rabbi John was saying yesterday, learn Gemara, all kinds of abstractions in Gemara, even the learning that we do of the Rambam, any learning, even if it's meaningful learning, and it's a learning Tanakh. But there's a different operation that is, what do these ideas mean for me? How should they change the way that I look at my life, conduct my life, respond to things, that's what tefillah is supposed to, to accomplish. And that's why tefillah and Torah is always connected to each other. You have Kriyat the Torah in the middle of tefillah. Because the learning and the... the there's, there's always a, uh, a loop back. There's, a, there's tefillah. And we actually talked about that on, when we talked about that, that, uh, that Agadah that came in the Yushalmi, about the Musaf. How you have like... Uh, it talked about Kriyat Shaman and, and Kriyat the Torah. And then Tfilat Shachrit and Tfilat Musaf, and it said Tfilat Musaf is below Siftei Mirma. It's the highest level of, of engagement because you've already had Kriyat Shema and Shachrit and Kriyat Torah, and now you have the highest level. So when you go into the Musaf, it's the, uh, it, that's the level of Kavanah has reached its, its peak. Or should have, right? So that, but that's, that's the important key to go into understanding Tfilat is to understand that whatever, that whatever the text of the Tfilat is, what is it trying to accomplish? It's trying to accomplish that I take ideas 
A person cannot, we have If a person doesn't have knowledge of God, they can't stand before God. The, le, the greater your knowledge of God is going to be, the more meaningful your, meaningful your tefillah is going to be. It has to be that way. What does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk in Mishle. What does it mean? If a person isn't interested in gaining knowledge about how to, of Torah, he's not interested in the wisdom of Torah, his tefillah is meaningless. Because the whole purpose of tefillah is to apply the wisdom of God to your life. But if you're not interested in the wisdom of God, so what are you doing? You're just doing a ritual. It's a to'eva. It's a, what does a to'eva mean? A violation of a fundamental principle. Okay? You're taking a tefillah, which is supposed to be a changing of you. So what's the only possibility about what you think tefillah is if you don't, if you're not interested in the wisdom of God, what's the only possibility of what tefillah could be? Right, a magical incantation to change God. Right, so that's why it's a to'eva because it's a violation of what uh, of what tefillah is supposed to be. And tefillah is one of the one of the ikarim of, uh, of the, the Rambam in the morning. Bukhim says it is something scandalous, you know. But uh, you know, he talks about you know how the mitzvot, whatever, you know, they're they're very important, but. That, but the mitzvot and all the rituals are really secondary to the true service of God. And he says, tefillah is closer to the true service of God. The real service of God is in the Yidiyat Hashem. Right? That's the ultimate, ultimate. Tefillah is closer even though it's not the highest. Okay? Now, it, it's a... Um, it's a... Uh, it, like, we know that the people who were Torah to they were patur from tefillah. They were patur from most mitzvot. I'll say according to... Some sources, you know, they were because they were totally engaged. They, there was no difference between the person who's Torah to umanato, whose full life is completely Torah. There is no difference between the way they live their life and their Torah. It's all one thing. There's not. There's not another thing that needs to be aligned and calibrated with their Torah. For us, there is. We have a part of us that is not in sync with our Torah. We're learning things, but we unless we go through a special process of actually applying it to our lives. It's not going to happen. There has to be a connection, and that's the connection is tefillah. For the person who's Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, they didn't need to do tefillah because their tefillah was they were living Torah. That was all. That was all that there was. There wasn't another thing to uh, to connect the Torah to. Because that was the when when a person's entire existence is just yidiat Hashem, he doesn't need those. The tefillah is a distraction from 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 the higher level of avodah that he's engaged in. See, like, a lot of these things the Rambam says it sound controversial, but, like, they're actually in the sources of the Gemara. It's not really, uh, you know, there's, there's a machloket in the Gemara, what's greater, uh, a Beit Knesset or a Beit Midrash? And actually the Halakha is a Beit Midrash, right? But you see from that that they thought there was a connection between the two, right? The, is, it, is it that person shouldn't pray too much because Zman Torah is, you know, because it's Bitul Torah, he's focusing on Chayesha'a, one of the one of the Gemara says, according to one one side, one school of thought was you can't focus on Chayesha at the expense of Chaye Olam. Chaye Olam is Torah and Chayesha the the, the light, temporal life is, is, is Tfilah because the idea of Tfilah is to take the ideas of Torah and apply them to temporal life. Bring your temporal life in line with the with, with, with the with the with the ideas, with the ideals, to assess yourself. How how well am I doing that? Right? As Mirakach used to say, how am I doing? You know, and then they would go around and uh, on the street, so that that's 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 the real question. Or, but others say no. That's the fulfillment. In other words, the question is which one is the other one says no. Zman zman and there's some that say no. Bet Knesset is higher. Why? Because because only when the Torah becomes a reality in your life, that's really that when it becomes 
when it really achieves its objective. Right? Even though true, it's not the, the ideal is the Torah itself, but it has to become realized in this world. Otherwise, uh, otherwise it, it, what's the point? You're learning halachot of kibbutz uh, but you're disrespectful to your parents. So then, what did you what did you do? Right? You learn all the halachot of Shabbat, but then you don't keep Shabbat. So it has to translate into action in this world. So uh, so that's the machloket of tefillah versus Torah. Which one? Or, or bet knesset versus bet midrash? Bet knesset versus bet midrash in terms of which is superior? Because one, because everybody you know obviously the knowledge of Torah, the wisdom of Torah is is, is primary. But the question is. And maybe the, the fulfillment of that in this world, the transforming of the, this world in, in, in light of that is, is the, you know, like the Rambam says at the end of Mor Nebuchim, which uh, there's a, this is a little bit of a tangent, but you're going to indulge me for one second. There's a, the Rambam at the end of Mor Nebuchim says, you know, how the Pasuk in, uh, in, the pasuk in Yirmiyahu, where he says, because I am Hashem, Oseh, Chesed, the one that we read on Tisha B'Av, um, where... Uh, uh, where he says that uh, you know kim bezot yitalel amitalel. This is what this is the only thing that a person should be praising himself about. Haskil biyadoa oti. Only that I, you know that he knows God because I am Hashem who does mishpat and stakan chesed in the world. And this is what I want. Kibelechafatzti. So the Rambam says, oh, you, the knowledge of God, right? And the and he he doesn't say you should know God that He is the bore olam. He doesn't say you should know God that he is the echad the v'yachid and uh, all that. No, he says you should know God that he does tzedakah v'chesed and mishpat. Why? Because you imitate the ways of God. You, you mean, meaning that knowledge of God is transformational in the way that the person lives their life. That's the, that's the real idea. So she, like, it's very interesting. In the, in, in, um, I saw in the introduction to Shmona Prakim of Ibn Tibon, <laughs> He takes issue with the Rambam's interpretation of that um, of that pasuk. He says actually there are other interpretations, and he and <clears throat> he doesn't like the fact that the Rambam sounds like he's ending on a practical note. After all this stuff that you said about the intellectual is the ultimate and the knowledge of God is ultimate, the last parak is about how no actually imitating the word, word you know imitating the wisdom of God and doing chesed is the ultimate. It's like what happened to the entire book. It was all about, you know, everything is about knowledge of God, Talmud Torah, Keneget Kulam, and Davar Gadol, and all that. And then in the end, it's the fact that it inspires you to do chesed is a goal? How could that be? So he was very upset with that, and he, he doesn't say I'm upset with that. He's like, even though the Rambam's interpretation is good, I'm going to give you two other interpretations that, it, that keep it in the realm of the intellectual. Meaning that, you know, the knowledge is... Is still primary. He gives uh, gives other interpretation in the in the beginning. I, I don't want to go into what that interpretation is and go into that pasuk because that's a real tangent, and I'm going to try to minimize that. But <clears throat> the, what what's the answer to that difficulty of Ibn Tibon is that the knowledge isn't real if it's not transformational. There's something lacking in the knowledge if it doesn't transform the person. You can't know God and His ways and not therefore want to cleave to them and follow them then you don't really know it. There's a lack in the knowledge. There's a lack in the knowledge as it applies to the South. Right? And that's the, that's the, uh, that's where Avram Avinu is unique. He says, God takes care of his creatures. I'm going to go out and do hachnasat uh, orchim. God wants to educate and enlighten his creatures. I'm going to be an agent of that. That means I should go do that. That's the way he trends, he applies it to himself. Okay? So, that, so that's just an intro to tefillah. Uh, in, the, in, in a broad sense, and now we can get into the. Uh, did you have something you want to say? It sounded like you were on the on the edge of the thing. Now, okay. 
Does that, does that make sense, everybody? Because you're very quiet this morning. Very quiet. Very subdued crowd. I feel like I'm, uh, I feel like I'm on Zoom. Yeah. No, uh, so, uh, so what we want to do is uh, we want to look at the Amidah. Obviously, we want to uh, we want to do uh, the, the the order of the Amidah is a really fascinating topic in its own right. That you know that, that's based in the Gemara's uh, discussions. And it's different reasons that the Gemara gives for the 18 brachot of the Amidah, which are interesting. Uh, maybe we'll get around to it. But we, uh, I don't want to get, if we do that, we'll do too much meta stuff and not enough uh, textual stuff. And I think we want to do textual stuff. If at some point you want to shift into like, what does it come from? What are the sources? Look in the Gemara, we can do that. Just but I, but I, I, one question is like, when was the current structure formulated? Which one? The Amidah. The Amidah was made by the Anshay Knesset Agdola. So during the Bayi Chini. Then, Beginning of Bayi Chini seems. The, the idea of Amidah, when did that start first place? So, so according to the Rambam, <coughs> according to the Rambam uh, and uh, those who follow his school of thought, Tfilah mitzvah minatoah, just that there's no fixed time, there's no fixed text, there's no, uh, it just has to have three components, Shevach, Bakasha, Hoda'a. Before Bayi Chini, it was... Yeah, person did their own, just like Kiddush. Okay. People, there was an idea of uh, Likadeshet Yom HaShabbat, so people would... Uh, Give some people would give uh, you know a longer uh, kiddush based on their own understanding. It would be relative to your understanding. But the Rambam said when the people came back from the galut, so their their Hebrew wasn't so good. They weren't able to express themselves. People were at different educational levels, and in order to standardize it, the Chachamim made a, uh, were mitakain all the brachot, but especially the Amidah. So it would be uh, one text forever. Okay, and um, that's the. Uh, that, that's the source of it. So, but it is a mitzvah de right according to the Rambam. Ul ovdo b'chol means at least once a day tefillah. That's, that's true. Oh, what happened? Everything okay? Okay. So according to the Rambam, sorry, the tefillah isn't a replacement of the Korban? No. It's a, it's a, that's a very common, like, uh, misconception, actually. Nobody actually thinks that. It's like, the... The idea of tefillah is some people say tefillah, tefillot. The question is the three tefillot, right? Keneged avot avot tiknum, right? Meaning that the that the Abraham made shacharit and Yitzchak, you know that, or tefillot keneged korbanot, meaning that when they made the number of tefillot, they you know why did they make three tefillot? Did they make three tefillot Abraham Yitzchak Yaakov, or they made three tefillot because they're three. Uh, because of the services in the Beit HaMikdash and, and Musaf of course is made because of that but it wasn't to replace it because when they had during Bayi Chini they were saying Filat Musaf yeah they were saying Filat Musaf during the Bayi Chini even though they were bringing the Korban Musaf so uh, it wasn't a replacement it was based upon it because it. but that's a good it's a very good connection because why is it that the uh, why is it that Avot Filot Avot Tiknum or why is it that Kenegeda Korbanot what would be the significance of it because the korban is, like we said before, the idea of a korban is your orientation to your physical life, that it's dedicated to the goal of serving God, that it's dedicated to the purpose of uh, fulfilling God's will. And that's really what a korban is about. That's really what a korban is about. Or you could say, in a, in a, you could say the avot, because they, they are the living examples and manifestation of a life organized around and devoted to God in every aspect of their energy, every ounce of their energy is devoted to God, and that's therefore, tefillah is, you know, becoming like the avot. It's Im- imitating the avot and trying to, 
do the same. You know, so so the, 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 but it, they both tie into what the nature of of tefillah is. So um, so let's take a look at at, at the. Uh, we know that the tefillah originally was eighteen brachot. The Gemara gives all different reasons for that. We're not going to go into that because that will actually take the rest of the time, and we won't learn any of the text of the tefillah. And I don't want to do that. So uh, we know that the Hashem sefatai tiftach is the first words of the. That's a pasuk. Pasuk from Tehillim. Hashem sefatai tiftach sefatai. Ufiya giti latecha. Right, so that's what I said. Uh, so, <laughs> true story. Um, the, uh, What's the story? Oh, that there was a. You know, sometimes cer- certain people from certain backgrounds have difficulty with the shin and sin. So there was a certain guy who, every time he would um, do the prayer, he would say, Hashem shifatai tiftach ufiya giti latecha. And then one day, this other guy, like, kind of lost it. He was like, he couldn't, he lost it. And he, and he said, uh, it's not Shephatai, I told you, it's Shephatai. And, and he said, that's what I said, Shephatai. Yeah. Anyway, so why do, so this is extra, right? It's actually, the Chazal, the Gemara asks, how is it, right? How is it that, uh, <clears throat> right, exactly, the Gemara asks us, see, Matt knows, Matt knows the Shas. He knows, he knows what it says in the Shas. It asks, how could it be that you're not supposed to, you're supposed to be somech gula letfilah, not supposed to interrupt between gal yisrael and letfilah, so how can you say Hashem's fatai tiftach was added? It's not one of the brachot. Right? Right? So, uh, so, so the Gemara talks about it. it, says, since they were mitaken, it's part of the tefillah, so it's not considered an interruption. But why did they put Hashem's fatai tiftach for Yagitil What is the chidush of Hashem's fatai tiftach? La dama chelev, or may Hashem ma'ane lashon, like we say in the. But what, what, what is it? Even the opening of your mouth to pray to God is, is because you're saying that. So, that, right, that's looking at it from this, the idea that even my ability, the ability I have to be able to praise God is a gift of God. But I think it's even further. I think, I think it goes even, I think that's true. I think, I think there's an even further level, which is that Hashem sifatai tifach means I have to ask permission to speak. Right, I don't. I I realize by at, just like at the end you say There's a recognition from the outset that my tefillah is imperfect. Right, Hashem allow me to speak your praises even though I'm not worthy of doing it. And that's one of the themes that is that runs throughout all of our liturgy. Really, you know, if you think about even in Baruch Shemar, before we even read the Tehillim, we talk about. You know, we're we're using the the, the words of the Chasidav va'avadav and Shirei David Avdach. You know, we're, we're not able to articulate the praises of God, and we're never able to exhaust the praises of God. So there's something presumptuous about, oh, you're going to stand up and praise God. Who, who do you think you are to praising God? You know, it, it's a uh, it it requires a certain level of of yidiyat Hashem to to be able to say things about God. It's like it's like you know when sometimes a person you know. It, a little kid, it's, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a true story that, you know, this little kid like wrote to Einstein about how hard they were having, they're having very great difficulty in math. Yeah. And he wrote back to the, to this, I think it was a girl. And he wrote back to the, the child and said, you know, I assure you my problems in math are much worse. You know? But like, imagine a, five, a 10 year old kid is like, Einstein is really good in math. Because he knows all the multiplication tables and he can divide three digit numbers. 
right? That's what, that, does that really actually uh, capture the greatness of Einstein? Or, or a person, you know, we sometimes joke about this, but a person says, the, this rabbi is the greatest rabbi. He, you know, we've all heard this one. You, you could take the words out of my mouth probably. He knows the Torah by heart. Right? That, memorizing the words of the Torah by heart, that is, he's a great rabbi because of that. That's what they think a great rabbi. Because on their level, somebody who can get up and read from the Sefer Torah, that, that's impressive to them. Right? And it is, I'm not saying it's not a, a, a something that requires a lot of years to learn, and it is, you know, it's an accomplishment. I'm not trying to take away from our very good Torah readers. It, it is. But that's not what makes you a great rabbi. And, I, and you know that. Like, imagine you, imagine uh, Rabbi John said uh, that Rabbi Ben Chaim is a great rabbi. He knows the, the chumash by heart. That's what, that's what makes, you would say that that's not, but I'm, 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 I'm drawing from the, from our shared experience. And we all heard that, right? Yeah, that they see the reading of the Torah as the fact that he knows how to read the Torah. That is the, that, that's the highest level, right? So, whereas if you ask uh, somebody who is really knowledgeable in Torah and has really learned uh, 25 years in yeshiva and they meet Rabbi Ben Chaim, they're not going to say he's great because he knows the Chumash. Right? It's, they, because they can appreciate him on a different level. Okay? Or the same thing would be like, if I, anybody who can carry a tune on a guitar, I'm like, wow, they're amazing. You know? that, that, that's amazing. Right? But somebody who actually knows how to play will be like this, this. They'll even hear a professional and be like, oh, you know, they're not that good at this. They could be better at that. You know, they notice the nuance and they're able to offer like a, they, they're, but also their praise is more meaningful because they actually know what they're talking about. Right? If, if someone who is, uh, is knowledgeable in a field praises somebody in that field, in that discipline, it's much more significant. So when it comes to praising God, it's presumptuous of us to say, we're going to praise God. Let me tell you my praises of God. It's like, it's like a five-year-old being asked to, be, to introduce you know, some great scholar based on the fact that he, he knows all of his letters. He can read books without pictures. It's, he's very high level. No. That's a, that, that we're, not on the, we're not really able to articulate. So Hashem Sifatah is saying, Hashem opened my lips, meaning give me the permission to speak because who am I to, you know, to be arrogant to think that I can, I can speak? You know? It's a request of Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't say Hashem Patach Sefatai. It says Hashem Tiftach. Tiftach, meaning allow me to allow me to praise you because I don't really have the uh, the right to do it on my own. I wouldn't be able to claim the right or claim that my praises should be valid. Like the and the Rambam and the Moran uh, uh in the very famously, you know, talks about this issue of Lechadum Yatehila. You know, really silence is praise to God. The less you say is the more. That's it. Even that, because he says, even that we wouldn't want to say it. But since Moshe Rabbeinu said it, okay, we'll say it. Meaning even when we do say something, we try to limit it to things that are precedent, right. have been said. Like it says in the good book, Hagadol HaGibor Vanor. That's, you know, but you're quoting. It's like the same thing as what we do in Rosh Hashanah Musaf. You know, it says in the Navi, this. You know, we're not saying our own expressions of Hashem's malchut. You said it in, in, in these psukim. We don't have the ability to articulate it. We can articulate it by a shofar that says no words. It just expresses a tchushan, a feeling of the awesomeness of God. 
but, but to say it in words that that implies a sophistication that is you know beyond so like so the fact that we're coming to do that we have to do it so we rely on the the authority of Shirei David Avdach or on the on the authority of the Anshei Knesset Hagdola or on the authority of the Tanakh and that's that story in the Gemara where the where the Chazan goes and he starts saying Hagadol Agibor ve Hachazak ve Hamitz for this and the guy's like have, have you finished praising uh, all, all the praises of God and he's, and first he thought he was like giving him a Chazaku Baruch like it was really good yeah and then he realized that no he was saying even that we shouldn't say Hagadol Hagibor Hanora. Uh, so we only do it because Moshe Rabbeinu said. That's uh, the, the the point is, and the Rambam makes this point again and again and again. We need something to connect us with God; otherwise, we become totally disconnected and and we have no way to relate. But we have to always approach it with trepidation and recognize our limits. And that's Hashem Sefatai Tiftach is 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 saying that the, the the inadequacy of our ability to pray. So Baruch Hashem. Okay, I don't have to translate for you. Our God, God of our forefathers. Now, if I were to ask you, is there, before we even read all the words of it, is there a theme? We know the first three bachot of the Amidah are Shevach. Right? That's the, that's the purpose of them. Does each one, can you say, can you, can you identify what are, without looking at the little headings that they put in the paragraph, I don't have that because I have to give my same one with the interlinear. Right? Can you identify what are the what is the theme or what is what, what is the label if you were to give a title to each one of the bachot here in the in the shevach section there's three right and this is the only case where like if you mess up any of them it's like gotta start over because they're all one unit they're not separable from one another it's not like if you mess up in atachonen you and you realize in the middle you can go back let's start with the first one So the theme is Avot. That's what it's called, Rikat Avot. Never say you can't. Okay, that's a good idea. We're gonna read through the text, and then and then once you're, you're you're you've read it and try to keep. Okay, that's a good that's a good strategy. Try to keep in mind as we read through the text: is there a thread or a theme that is emerging from this? Okay, that's a, and then we'll go back and we'll pick apart the word, individual words. But I want to first get a sense: is there a is there a klal here? Okay, as we said yesterday. What? Don't don't guess yet. Let's first let's first read. He's trying to get to the. He's trying to to re, win win the race. We want to go. We want to take it. Right. So it says Elokeinu veElokei Avoteinu, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. Right. So that's the Avot there. That's why it's called the Berkat Avot. Ela Gadol. Hagibor vanora. Those are the three words of Moshe Rabbeinu. Great, mighty, and awesome. We can try to give them a definition when we go through the, uh, as we go through. But let's let's leave for now. El Elyon. We know that comes from Avraham Avinu. Also, all these words, all these phrases are found somewhere in the Tanakh. Every single one of them. Gomel Chasadim Tovim. He does good. Really, it's Chesed. It has to be qualified with Tovim because Chesed can mean any excess. Like when it talks about a brother and sister. That they're not supposed to be together. It says Chesed Hu, you know, because it's too much, too much love between the brother and sisters. Also not good, right? So Chesed means any excess, more than what's necessary. So here it's Chasadim Tovin, right? Kone Hakol, Kone means either creator or possessor of everything. 
וזוכר חסדי אבות. Also, you might want to keep your eye trained on words and phrases that repeat themselves here, but I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to say that. And he brings a redeemer to his children's children. That's talking about the Mashiach, right? Eventually. For his namesake, with love. Again, we all know, right? King, Ozer, helper, Moshiach, like Eliezer Moshiach. Ozer and Moshe is right there in the Tfilah. He probably, that's where he got his moniker from. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it says, Moshiach umagen, and then Baruch HaTashem, Magen Avraham. Okay. That's what it zeroes in on, Magen Avraham of all the things. It's like, uh, you said so many other things about different things, you come back to Magen Avraham is the main thing. Uh, he created everything, and he's the highest God, El Elyon, and, and he does Chesed, and but the main thing is Magen Avraham. It's like it seems like very anticlimactic bracha. But by the they even connected Avraham only. Forget about you. Is Avraham representation of us? No. Oh no, that's not. I don't think so. Because it says that it says it says when it talks about in Lech Lecha, right? It says Vehiye Bracha, right? It says all the avot will be mentioned. It will say Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov, ve'en chotmim ela b'cha. But the chatima will only be with Avraham. So it really means Avraham. All this time you thought it was about you. It's an idea, <laughs> it's an idea of the It opens up by not on Lo our account. Right. Our God, our God of our fathers. fathers. At the end of the day, the only reason why we are here is because you're continuing protection of Abraham. We've never made that covenant with him. Our Zahur ran out. We That's where it all started. We wouldn't be here now. Right. Even Yitzchak and Yaakov, Sashkachal is a function of Abraham. If you never made the... Not to say that they didn't earn their own, but... That's what you mentioned in the beginning. Right. If you never made the promise to protect him, I wouldn't be here. Right, so that's good. So then what is the theme of the verse, Bracha? Don't think too particularly. I like, the th- I like that point. I think that's definitely a point, a theme. But I think it's a little bit broader than that. It's not just, it's not a negative. It's not a negative, Bracha, like I'm unworthy. That's Tachanun or something. It's a type of praise, right? Yeah. But that that's a that's that's a that's between the lines you're reading. You know what I'm saying? That's not what the line what the words themselves are saying because the words themselves are describing things that God does, right? What is really the theme? The theme of this first bracha is it doesn't focus on everything and it doesn't focus on it. it well, what were you going to say? He doesn't need us? It's all, all, all types of different chassids. Right. So right. Everything he did with Abraham obviously was a chassid. He created all for what purpose? There was no purpose for himself. It's a chassid to us. He remembers the chassidim. Right, so you have chassid twice. You have the avot mentioned twice. Right? He doesn't need to do much all. Everything he does. No, that's true of everything that you say. Meaning that's, that's implicit in everything, right? What? The next Rafa also has 
Right, it does, but different. So, the, so I, what I would suggest is, I'm suggesting as a hypothesis that the hash, that that the theme is hashkacha pratit, meaning the theme of the first bracha is the hashkacha on on mankind, on human beings, specifically. So it starts with our God. The, where did we get that knowledge? The God of our forefathers, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Right, all of this he is. Geared towards umevigo meaning in the zechut of the avot, their relationship with God. We have a relationship with God, and therefore one day we'll bring the goel is going to come, right? Melech again is talking about with reference to us that Hashem is our King. He helps us. He saves us. He protects us. But magen Abraham, all of that is really a function of his hagana on Avraham Avinu, meaning Avraham Avinu began this tradition or began this. Uh, you know, founded this movement of recognition of God that enabled there to be such a thing as Hashkacha Pratit, as a relationship between human beings and the divine, by, you know, educating us. He's the one who used the word El Elyon. And he also used Konesha Maim Ba'aretz. Harimot Yadiel Hashem El Elyon, Konesha Maim Ba'aretz. And it says here, Kone Akol. Okay, which is the same thing. Right? So meaning that all of this Whatever we have is because Hashem is, preser- is still protecting Abraham Avinu, meaning he's protecting the legacy of Abraham Avinu that should continue. But what is that legacy? That legacy is the ability of human beings to relate consciously and purposefully to God, not just to be products of nature. In that way, everybody relates to God. Even in that way, uh, a dog is also uh, has hashkacha, hashkacha klalit. Okay, but hashkacha pratit only comes from a consciousness and an awareness and a knowledge and a deliberate engagement with Hashem. Right, and that is that. So, this is hashkacha pratit. That's why it's talking about the avot. It's talking about the the giluyim, the different uh, you know truths that the the avot brought to light about Hakadosh Baruch Hu and about the messianic, about the Mashiach coming. Meaning that there's an end game here. There's an end game to hashkacha kalit. There's not you know that that is. I'm sorry to hashkacha pratit, which is the bringing of the uh, of the goel. Umevi goel of nevnehem. What do I mean? means nature, basically. Meaning, there are laws of nature. Nature operates in, for the benefit of everyone. Humans, right, humans as well as animals, everything. It's like, it's the macrocosm. Micro, on hashkacha pratit means when God intervenes in some way to guide human beings to guide specifically human beings individual human beings or a nation in the case of Am Yisrael towards a knowledge and relationship with him okay not just right so a person can relate to God on the Elohim uh, framework like we talked about like with Ninveh or with Yitro where they, their experience of God is that he's the one who created nature he's the one behind nature that regulates everything and I, I look at how my body works and I say you know thank God that it, it works amazingly and I see the, the wisdom of of God in, in in the way that food is uh, produced and I see the wisdom of God in the way that uh, the body heals itself. And there are many, many different ways that we see that and that's all part of the natural meaning whether you are a rasha or a tzaddik, if you cut your finger, it's going to heal under normal, under normal circumstances, right? Uh, on the other hand, is something that only someone who is muhan lekabel is going to receive, not just anybody. You have to be, you have to be oriented towards it. And the Rambam, and it's interesting because the Rambam is the one who's famous for saying, "Oh, it's based upon the person's knowledge and all that." The Ramban says straight out, "Of course, the Rambam is right." 
Ramban says the same thing that the Rambam is certainly right that Hashgacha Pratit only applies to individual human beings and only when they're on the level to, be, to deserve it. He doesn't have the Hasidish view that like every single person at every single moment is under Hashgacha Pratit. He doesn't, none of the Rishonim have that. None of it's a It's a, like a Hasidish uh, thing that came much later and became like a mainstream idea. But even the Ramban, who is a Mikubal, doesn't, doesn't believe that. The, not, neither the Rambam nor the Ramban believe that. And certainly, in his in his Perushan Sefer Iov, he says he's like that the Hashkacha Pratit only applies to the only applies to human beings who are, who are worthy of it, as the Rambam said, and he's certainly right, or something something like that. I, I forget the exact language, you know, but the yeah. So so the the idea of Hashkacha Pratit, meaning a Hashkacha, a a guidance, a divine guidance, which is specifically designed to bring human beings to knowledge of Hashem and to actualization of their uniquely human potential is the first bracha. And where does that all come from? It all comes from Avraham Avinu. It all comes from the fact that Hashem is preserving the legacy of Avraham Avinu. That's why he's continuing. Even when we fall short of it, it continues to, to, to survive because of Avraham Avinu. Do you think he was the first As far as we could see. As far as we can see, and that's why the Rambam says he's the ult- avot were the ultimate. That's why every single thing they did was hashkacha pratit, because they never disconnected their minds from uh, from seeing, uh, you know, from reflecting on God, even when they were involved in practical things. Why aren't we? How do we view then the relationship with the previous three Abraham figures? They, no, uh, Noah would have had hashkacha pratit. I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I, I guess. You know, yeah, he did. I mean, but there, there's there's a machloket about Noach, though. There's a machloket about him because it says Noach ish tadik tamim hayab bedorotav. Some say bedorotav only relative to dorotav. But if he had been in the times of uh, Avram, he would have been loya nechshav leklum or something. I forget the exact language, right? And then and it says, oh no, some say that he was he was a tzaddik in his despite his generation. But had he been in the generation of Avram, he would have been you know kal vachomer bigger tzaddik. Right, so what's the machloket in that? What's that? What is that actual machloket? What is that actual argument in that? Uh, the, the argument in the midrash is a fundamental philosophical argument about what the whole story of Noach is. Is the story of Noach a story about hashkacha klalit? Basically, God wanted to save the species of man, and he, so he had to take the least bad man. Right? Not that. Not that. No. Right. Not that Noah wasn't a good man, he was, but meaning he wouldn't necessarily, had he lived at a time where there wasn't an emergency, he wouldn't have necessarily been zochet to such attention from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? Not necessarily. He was the best tool available to accomplish the job. He was like the Shimshon of his, I don't want to say that, he wasn't that bad. You know? He was a Navi. He was a, he, yeah, he was, he was a Navi. I don't want to say that he was, that he was like Shimshon, but uh, he was what was available at the time. That's the Hashkacha Klalit view. Right? The other view is, no, he actually was a tzaddik that on his own earned, and, and, and chaval, that he lived at a time that he couldn't further actualize his potential because he was held back by his generation, but he actually deserved hashkachak pratit. That's actually what the machloket is in that, in that midrash. Now, now what, what do the chazal seem to, agree, seem to come down on? Which side do they actually seem to come down? Is hashkachak laritza. How do I know that? How do I know that? How do, how do we know that, 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 that at the end of the day the chachamim came down on the side of hashkachak lalit? There's something that everybody, well, maybe not everybody, but that uh, we, well, everyone reads it. That in the the zichronot bacha of Rosh Hashanah, the law is ein mazkirin zichirashel yachid. Right? Why doesn't it say like Hashem pakad etzara or something like that as one of the zichronot thing? We don't do a zikron shel yachid. 
We don't mention Hashem's remembrance of the individuals, only of, of Klalim. Klalim. And it says, Vegamet Noach Zacharta. But that's a contradiction to the idea that you're not supposed to have a, a, a Zechra of a Yachid. So obviously, Noach is not really a Yachid. He was just the Klal. You know? He was just. Right. Uh, I have too much time on my hands at certain points in my life. I don't know. But, but it makes sense, right? Right. The, the yeah. last pasuk of Parashat Bereshit is Benoach Matzachin. What did you say? The last pasuk of Parashat Bereshit, obviously, is Benoach Matzachin. Right. But, but the, the it, question is... It's like, Hashem wanted to destroy the, the people. He wanted to destroy the Rome. But Benoach Matzachin. Right. So that, does that tell you how it's the same thing. You can read it either that that Bediavad Noach Matzachin Bnei Hashem, or meaning he wanted to destroy everybody, but Noach found favor. He was a worthy instrument of being able to continue the species. And obviously, the bottom line is that uh, that uh, you see that he didn't exactly do full teshuva for the Chet of Dora Mabul. He becomes drunk, and you know he's not exactly. Uh, and Abraham Avinu I mean he's he had something he had Nebuah he wasn't I'm not saying he was I'm not saying compared to us he would be uh, he would not be a tzaddik he was somebody who uh, that you know he needed that's why it says there Eta Elohim Etalech Noach Hashem had to help Noach in his uh, in his uh, 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 commitment to the um, uh, you know, to following a derech Hashem, it wouldn't have been natural. I think he's also one of the Nolad Mahul people. He's also one of the people that Chazal say are Nolad Mahul, which means he had genetic advantage. He had he he had God's assistance. That's why it says about Avram Avinu, "Hitalech lefanai veYetami," and it says with Noach, "Eta Elohim Hitalech Noach." Rashi says, "Right, Eta Elohim Hitalech Noach." Means that, uh, and if Rashi says it has to be true. Yeah, exactly. And that's uh, my co-pilot. <laughs> <laughs> so the, I've seen that that's a real thing uh, somebody told me one time they told me they were on the bus and they saw uh, a, a lady reading the bible with, and her friend was there and uh, and the friend's like I never saw you read the bible before you know and she's like you know I like to get God's opinion on things too <laughs> I read the bible um, <laughs> uh, in any case um well, that's better than the Chachamim because when they when Hashem said that the Rebbe Eliezer was right, they still said, "Well, we don't really care." They didn't even they didn't even care about God's opinion. God's opinion was like totally irrelevant. Yeah, In fact, you get to go into Cherem for saying that it was important. But the uh, so that that's the uh, that wasn't really a detour, but uh, that was still on the topic. But the idea of Hashkacha Pratit is seems to be the theme of the first bracha because it talks about the Geula. It talks about the relationship, the unique relationship between humans and Hakadosh Baruch Hu, which was, of course, founded basically as we are as we started to learn, and we're going to continue to learn by Amudoshel Olam Avraham Avinu, right? The one who is the father of that derech derech haemet of, of of recognizing God. So Magen Avraham, where that, that's that's the first, right? Now, um, what I think we should do, let's let's look at the. Uh, let's look at the uh, uh, the question is what, what do we want to do do we want to examine each and every one of these words because if we do it, we probably won't get that far in terms of covering the ground or right meaning one way to do this is to continue on and capture the essential theme and some interesting points about each bracha and then if 
we can, you know, lachzor achora and fill in the details. That might be better than to go through. Okay, what is ozer? What is gomel? Because because then I'm afraid that we won't end up really covering that much because you know that we we tend to one word will come and then and then somebody will ask a question and three hours later we'll go to the next one, right? So we, we don't, you know, yeah, so thank God we have some time. Yeah, let, let's do that. Okay, so let's go to the next one. You also gave us basically... A I think you have a, an approach, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Now, and you'll see that that approach uh, fits into the next bracha. Which is broad, which is going to be hashkachak lalit, right? Which makes perfect sense. What is it? Atagi And of course, it starts talking about the rain. Right, <laughs> the weather. Mechalkel chayim bechesed. What? Well, it's interesting. There's, there's a, uh, there's a. That's a good question. <clears throat> that's a good question. The power of God over life and death. Right. Really is. Sure. What time is that at nine? After breakfast, we'll just stop by. Yeah, we can stop by. After breakfast? Yeah. Is that the code? Can you show me the words of the... Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, there's also... I remember... I remember... Do they have any, like, Rishonim in there? Or are they just have Gemara? They don't have, like, a Ritva or something. Like that. If they have a Ritva on Ta'anit. Okay. Um, wait, wait, maybe, wait a second, is it? Um, yeah, yeah, Tani, Tani, yeah. Yeah, I think. Because I remember, he gives a really nice pirush of the three times that it says Mechaya Metim in the Bracha, and he says how each one is a different is a different nuance. Okay? Um, but I can't remember which is which that he says. Um, but it's nice. Because it mentions it three times. It says Mechaya Metim Atarav Then it says Mechalkil Chaim Bechesed, Mechaya Metim Barachamim Rabim again. Right, and then at the end it says, metim." Right, so it mentions that theme three times. Okay, so he, and he explains that there are three so different. This is, this is a <coughs> mm-hmm. Then is the metim part? Well, yeah, if it's, if it's referring to like you know the end of days, mm-hmm. it's like. Right. Therefore. Like, so, what is he referring to the fact that there's like a, a cycle in nature of death and rebirth, as opposed to? Well, I think that that, that 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 explains why gvurot kishamim. Why lama maskirin gvurot kishamim be'tchiyata metim, like the Gemara says, because basically everything dies and it's brought back to life by the geshem. Right, and the 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 fact that uh, if you think about the seed, the cycle of the seasons, you know, or or agricultural cycle, I mean, a seed goes in the ground, it dies, and then the water comes in it. Well, right. So I I would say nice to see. I would say it's not. No, you didn't find it. it seems to be oh just man. The okay, I'll look it up later. It's not talking about I can't the concept remember. of giving life. Right. No. Very specific. I I feel like the main point of it, and I it just is that um, it's not really a bracha that is about a miraculous tchiyata metim necessarily. It's about the idea that 
that life and death is in the hands of God. The idea of sustenance, that life and death come from so, God. It's the main thing. Right. The close of the Barakah sounds like a Sakyatim thing. Right. 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 Yeah, let's do it. Okay. You are eternally mighty. Hashem. You bring the dead to life. You are abundantly, you can save abundantly. Abundantly capable. And then you have which is obviously referring to the cycle of nature, of death and, and, and rebirth in nature. Right? You sustain the living. And you bring the dead to life. Now again, like the Ritva was saying that there's different kinds of meanings of mechayemitim. There's the idea of like, there's just the general idea of a person is sick and they uh, and, and they heal, um, which is like ofecholim. But he says the person is like on the brink of death, not actually dead, and they come back. Or or you know he, he gives different examples of what mechayemitim can mean within not not the miraculous mechayemitim, but that that's the last one. Right, the other ones are. Types of right, more akin to he supports the fallen and then he keeps his faith with those who are sleeping in the dust. That means the people who are who are dead. The main thing I think is right. Who is comparable to you? And it was like you melech memit umchaye who umatzmiach Yeshua, and he also causes salvation for Yeshua is always from death. Okay, meaning that the, the idea that life and death are in the hands of God, of all creatures, right? That mechayem metim is obviously for people, but mechalkel chayim bechesed. So the idea is chayim and mavet, basically, and that that's the theme that's repeating itself, right? And the things that are in the middle, like falling or being sick or being imprisoned, and therefore your life is in danger. Rain would be bringing back to life something that temporarily died. Right. Falling is in the, on an individual level. Someone is fallen, downtrodden. He also does stand up. Right. Uh, I'm the third one is actual, actual. Right. The actual mechayim But the, the main point is that is atagibor. The, the bracha is called gvorot. Right. right? It's it's like a gvorot keshamim. It's right. Right. So meaning the right. The main point is that everything is in God's hands. It's not really a so v'neeman atala chayot mitim is because you have the power to do it. That's why v'neeman atala chayot mitim. Right, we, we trust you that you will do it because we see that Chaim and Mavet are in the hands of God. Right, so, but, but how do we see that regularly? We don't see Tchiyat HaMetim every day regularly, but we see the, uh, um, the, that life is in the hands of God, the sustaining of life, the sustaining of nature and the Geshem, uh, the, the falling of the rain, and the implicit power of God to also be Mechayim Metim, whether it's in miracles that happened in the past or or belief for the future, the main theme of the bracha seems to be the power of God to do that. That life is in the hands of God, mainly so yeah. because, because you're able to bring death, life from death. He's meimit umchayeh, meaning all, all life and death are in the hands of God. So therefore, you can also reverse it. You can meimit umchayeh. You can mechayeh umemit. You know you. Coffee, I remember an old conversation about how um, in nature you can see like, a microcosm of a larger idea that can be applied to human life. You know, like, uh, 
everything's in cycles, season cycle, you know, orbits, everything's in mm -hmm. circular motion, yeah. and like just like life, and uh, you know, it's like from one world to the outside world, and the concept of like multiple worlds, and dimensions, and so forth, and all these things. So the idea of uh, how we see Tchatanetim in nature, it gives us a glimpse into the concept of Right, but right. I think that's that's really the, it's a it's broader than the focus on the miracle of Tchiat Metim. The miracle of Tchiat Metim is a manifestation of the fact that life and death are in the hands of God, which is easily seen by the constant cycle of death and rebirth and rejuvenation in nature. Okay. Right, I th I, right. I mean, we don't have to. I, I, all of these are stacked on each other. Meaning, the the bachot are can't be said without each other. If you mess up in one of them, the entire unit is broken. So the the idea that a thread would be woven through the different, I mean, you know, the the fact that you're mechayametim or the fact that you're mechalkel chayim b'chesed and 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 mechayametim and mimitum chayeh is also these are also powers that are instrumental in hashkachat pratit in other cases, not just in tchiatametim. I mean, the first three rachot are considered a unit, so it's not surprising if you would have a theme that would carry over. Yeah, but it's a it's it's more complicated because it's like broken up into multiple components. But yeah, they do build on each other. But I would say that really the main point is God is the sustainer, the source of life, right? That life and death are in the hands of God, which is really something about creation in general. It's really something more hashkacha klalit, even though it has implications for hashkacha pradit. You know, but it is really. Uh, just like we saw that when Yonah talks about is, you know, Hashem is the Elohei HaShamayim Asher Asatayam Vyatayabasha and therefore is bringing this Hashkacha Pratit disaster on me, the, the forcing me to jump, jump ship. Right? But it's but what the Koach of God, Atagibor Leolam, right? Meaning, e what does it mean to be eternally mighty? Mighty is not a time dependent thing. It's a weird language. You, ever, you know, like, you could say, Yata. Uh, I don't know, your, uh, like Rav Leoshia makes sense, an abundant capacity for salvation, meaning an unlimited capacity, but Gibor is not something that you think of in time. You are, you are always Gibor, it's like... The normal, the of, like, they fade out. They fade out by uh, either with the passage of time or circumstance limits them. But what is the gvura? Gvura means the ability. Gvura is the ability to overcome or to to conquer something, right? To uh, to impose your. I would say actually a better way to say it is it's the, it's the ability to impose your will on something. That's what gibor is. That's why ezo gibor ezo gibor. That's not a. How's that it starts. It starts with a low sound. Let's say yeah. Uh, Somebody who makes things happen in the world. A gibor is a person. Gibor always means somebody who can impose their will on something. So that's why it says ezel gibor You're able to impose your will on your on your instincts. 
on your instinctual makeup and, and force it to conform to your or but it also says a gibor is a lochet ir right somebody who conquers a city is a gibor anytime you can impose your design and your will on something it's called gibor so like ha'el gadol that means God is great he's superior we see his greatness and like you can reflect on his greatness but he's gibor which means he, his design and will is imposed on everything nothing can escape from the from that Right, so gibor leolam means there's no limit, not in time, not in condition, to his to his power. Therefore, even things that to us are irreversible, like death, to us is irreversible. We have no ability to create life. We try; they try to, uh, with you know, in, in experiments to create some kind of a sustainable life, but they they can make like they've been able in certain cases to like make an organic. Uh, and you probably know more about this than me. Some organic uh, compounds, even that was a big chidush. But to have like an actual life form, like Frankenstein style, where you bring the lightning and it brings the creature to life, that that they uh, they have not been able to do. They, to bring life or to reverse death. Once somebody's dead, they're gone. That's it. We don't have a way to bring them back. We know that it's permanent. Okay. So the idea is that nothing limits God, even the things that seem to us absolutes, like life and death. We one can't. Things that seem to be one direction. Yeah. Direction. One directional. One directional. Right. That there's no reversing. He can mimit and chaye. Uh, yeah. Both directions. Right. But the main thing is the unlimited gvura of Hashem. Gishamim is one thing, meaning that the death and life are in the hands of God. The things that to us seem uncontrollable, seem out, totally outside of our purview, they are totally in the hand of God and He can do as He wants. And therefore, like the, like, the, uh, like the sailors said on the boat, you are Hashem, whatever you desire, you will do. Right? Why do we trust your Because we know that you have the power over life and death. That's the, but really it's biklalit. It's, it's really, it's really a, a general idea of the ashkacha klalit, but it has implications for Ashkachapatit, that God is the master of creation. Is the reason of the focus on Mikhayyam and Tim just because like, that's the most radical one? Yeah, for sure. That's the measure of God. You can do anything, right? Meaning that the, the things that seem to us completely beyond our control and completely irreversible and controllable, life and death, that is under God's control completely and in an unlimited way, right? Meaning the people have been sleeping in the dust Meaning for a long time like, Meaning like it doesn't matter how long He still keeps his emunah to them Because there, there's no limit to his burat It's not like Oh it's been a past the deadline uh, Expiration date I can't do the tchiat metim anymore It's been too much too long. There's, there's no thing like that Because life and death are tools in his hand That's, But that has implications really for klalit As well as hashkacha do we, we have to go? Or, or should we do the last small one of Atakadosh? Okay. So that's pretty short. Atakadosh Vashim Chakadosh. Ukdoshim Bukhol Yom Yalu Chasela. So what is that? The Kdoshim seems to be the Malachi. Right. Right? Sounds like we're reordering really things. Once we acknowledge that it's Ashkacha is on a cloud, on this own thing that whatever land is, you know, just like hanging out and. He's in it right. We can't reduce God to his his hashkacha pratit or klali. That's that, that's part of the problem. That's also part of the problem of Abu Dazara. 
right? Meaning, we know that he has this power over the creation and he's the source of it, but he's not reducible to it. He's not explainable in its terms. He transcends it. He transcends it. And the and Shimcha Kadosh, which is really referring, as presumably, to Yud Kevavke, the name that refers to him as totally separate from... And those who are separate, Kedoshim, are the ones who are constantly praising him. Meaning they are... That's the Malachim. Oh, so I think... Uh, so I was going to say, like... I think the primary example of Kiddushim, Besod Kiddushim Rabbah, whenever it talks about that, it's talking about the council of the Malachim. But the fact that we do Nakdishach, what is Nakdishach? We're joining the Malachim. Nakdishach, Siach Sarfei Kodesh. We're imitating the Sarfei Kodesh. Hamshalashim Lecha Kiddushach. Right, so we're, we are showing that there's an element of us that can be like the Malachim. It's not complete. You are you are transcendent. We're emulating the malachim in our praising of God. That's why we do kedusha. We say we say nakdisha kodesh. Like the way that the sarfei kodesh say kadosh 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 kadosh. And the nivuav yishayahu they say kadosh kadosh kadosh. So we're imitating what the sarfei kodesh say in the nivuah. Meaning they have a uh, they have a more authentic. Uh, praise of God because it's not tainted by the physical. It's still they still aren't the same as God because their existence and their 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 essence and existence is not the same. They're created beings. They're still created beings, so they're not they, you know. But the fact that their uh, their understanding of God and reflection on God is not tainted by the physical or limited by the physical is uktoshim bechol yom yaluchasel. It doesn't mean every day like the malachim each day say. God, you're really great. And then they go do something else. It means constantly. They're constantly reflecting on God. We're showing that we as Am Yisrael are imitating the Malachim. Like we say also on Yom Kippur, that we're like the, the Malachim, right? That's what it says, that we're like the Malachim. And that's why the Satan can't get us. Because we rise above our physical nature and we're transcending it and we're being like the Malachim on, uh, on Yom Kippur. There are many um, times where we bring this idea of imitating the Malachim or... Uh, uh, the, the difference between us and the Malachim but our attempt to yearn to be like them and what does the Rambam say in the, in the, when he talks about Nevoah he says that the, the Sechel of the Navi becomes uh, tied into the, uh, the, the Shalim of the uh, uh, of the uh, uh, of the lowest level of the Malachim meaning that's the he, he starts to enter into the realm of the Malachim almost and uh, obviously uh, not completely but he starts to enter into that realm and we can only do Kiddushah when we're with a Minyan. Which is an interesting thing. Because we are, when we say, we are sanctifying God, an individual can't claim for himself that I, as an individual, have the ability to do that. Only as a, as a group, we can say that we are because of our commitment to God. But any individual wouldn't have the ability to say the Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh on his own. It's something larger than any individual. It's something beyond us, something that as a collective we are Mikadesh Hashem. That's even when the Rambam talks about the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. It says, Kol bet Yisrael mitzuvin al Kiddush Hashem. Right? Meaning we are doing, when we are Mikadesh Hashem, we're doing it as a representative of Am Yisrael, not as an individual. So also when we do Naritzach, Nachdishach, Naritzach, we're doing it as, as, a, as a group imitating the Malachim but no individual can be like I'm going to be like the Malachim Kadosh 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 only the, like a little bit to the opposite in that as much as we just try to praise and invoke 
praise and appreciate your hashkacha and all the realms. Still, your your kadosh. Your, right, yeah, that is what we're saying. God runs the world, like the physical world, both generally and uh, you know, specifically. specifically. But and yet, he's still and yet he's beyond it, right? We have, we have to have a corrective of that and notice that that's the shortest of the Bokhot because there's nothing we can really say about that. There's no elaborating on that, that, that idea, you know? It's like I once said, I think I mentioned to you, Rabbi John, a while ago about how the two holidays that celebrate the Tawash, Min Yatzeret and, and Shavuot, are only one day. Because you can't say it's seven days because it's a metaphysical thing. It's not a physical thing. Only a physical thing can be quantified, right? So you have a short line about Hashem is Kadosh and Shimcha Kadosh, Kadosh Shimchal Yom, to show that, yeah, as much as we're praising God in these different realms, He is still distinct, and we recognize His distinct, and we are limited in... It seems like the, 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 the progression through is like in three different phases of, of existence where you have, like, the first one is... Like with Abraham, it, it, it culminates with Abraham, like, and then it's like that transition point right. in between life and death. That's another point of Shabbat for Hashem. And then the penultimate Shabbat is the Kedoshim outside this world. That, like, those three phases, like... There's a, there's a three-phase thing also, if you look in the, the words, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Right, because when you read Uval and it translates it into Aramaic, Right? It says that there are three realms. The realm of this, of, of human, the human realm, he is Kadosh in the human realm. And he's Kadosh above the, uh, above nature. And then he's Kadosh in the sense of being in a different realm with the Malachim. There's three different levels of Kedushah, meaning Hashem has seen his distinctness and uniqueness in our realm. And purely metaphysical realm, the purely the Malachim realm, the Malachim realm. Above our realm, meaning in, in the, the, the creation, the Shemaim, right? When we read Uvalatzion and we translate it, um, hold on, that's, that's what you say. Trilogy, trilogies, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But. <laughs> 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 